Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of Nerds in the City, a Central Florida podcast talking about nerd cultures, movies, games, comics, and movie reviews. As always, this is your host, Tony, with... Nikki. Ah, thank you. Ah, 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 you got ah. it this time. Finally. <laughs> finally, finally. Uh, oh, man. How's everything been? Amazing. Always amazing. Good weekend. We, we, kind of busy. Just, I, I, it was a blur. It was a blur? Feels like a blur. Like good blur, but still so blur. Still a blur. A good blur. Whenever, when is it ever a bad blur? Trust me, there's been bad blurs. Bad blurs? Yeah. Bad blurs. Bad blurs. <laughs> When you find that stuff you have to apologize for, that's a bad blur. That's yeah, that's definitely a bad blur. <laughs> definitely. So no apologies this weekend. No, no apologies. No, we keep it. We keep it trucking. We keep it moving. <laughs> um, so let's get into some topics. Are we you got, ready? Bro? All right. So Hasbro has announced that they are rebooting the Power Rangers movie. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna expand it beyond just the movie. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go into TV, and they said other forms of entertainment which i'm thinking the comic books just to have that trifecta i thought the comic book was still going, like going on this comic book is still going on the comic mm-hmm. book is still going on but i think they're gonna have their own separate storyline mm-hmm. that is gonna revolve around the same power rangers or their dinomorphs or dinosaurs mm-hmm. and um gonna relate it to the comic books to tv shows so they're trying to do like a marvel like how marvel technically don't doesn't have uh, comic books that are directly related to the movies, they mm-hmm. pull from different issues to kind of story together. But from my understanding is that they're creating one, rebooting it from scratch and doing it all into one cohesive uh, story structure. Because, I mean, okay, so I have a limited knowledge of of um, Power Rangers as far because I, I grew up with Power Rangers, but I didn't grow up watching Power Rangers like that. Yeah. So, like, I find the comic the comic books seemed a lot more severe or s- more serious, yeah, than the TV shows. Yeah. The TV shows had a weird balance of like super campy, but for some reason weird dramatic moments. Yeah, it did. It had it had it. it but it, overall, it, tri- super it tried campy. to have that balance, but they were more on the campy over, side, campy over the top side. Which Cause I a think lot that's of why the from, movie failed because it didn't. It tried to it tried to ride that edge. Yeah, but it did not do well. Like, I mean, the campy parts just, just didn't work well, and the little campy parts they did try did not. Oh, they cannot overthrew the more serious overtones they tried to put into it. Yeah. So I think if they do another movie, they might as well just go um, <clears throat> straight for one or the other. Which actually is if interesting because I. I believe the director that they picked or the creator, um, he did two fairly successful dark Nef- dark Netflix, uh, Netflix yeah, but they're fairly dark. dark. Yeah, so that's another. So yeah, so they they're gonna take if they're going with him. He based off his resume in the last two shows or major shows that he's known for. It, it is gonna take a darker tone. So, but another thing is that mm. Hasbro used to be partnered with uh, Tommy. Mm. Tommy, I think it is. That used to um, give the aesthetics of what the Power Rangers look like because they they derive from a lot of Japanese shows that are similar yeah. in in nature. So because they're departing from that, they're trying to do like a almost trying to create their own structure. And I think getting this director and he's he's writing it too. Mm-hmm. It's gonna it looks like it might take a darker tone. You know what would be cool is if it. Um if it looked more like, uh, do you remember? Why am I blanking on the name right now? There was a a, a movie series mm-hmm. that was kind of like you can tell it felt like it was inspired through uh, from um, anime, but it was a movie series where uh, the Giver, I think it was called. Yes, the Giver. I knew I, you were going with that. I think if they was to like take that as a a visual tone to take everything, like their suits are embedded into their body like that, like the way it comes out. And you know the monsters they fight are like the ones in those movies. Like yeah. that would be the Giver was awesome. That it, would it, be so cool. It was just for me. <laughs> I I considered the Giver like a a sci fi B Toxic Avenger. That's how I looked at kind it. Kind of thing. That's how I saw it. There was so, you know it's funny that there's so many parts in the in the in betweens that always made me laugh. Like little looks that people would have in between. Like there was one part I think where. 
the guy, I don't know why he he got off his his, his guyver suit. So like he was just like completely naked. Yeah. And the girl just like looked I don't know why I don't know why it happened that way, but it looked like the girl looked down and just smiled like, Oh my god, like you're yeah. like laughing because like, whoa, this is actors. Why are they acting? Why are they doing that? Yeah. But now it's like those little overtones, the little minute parts, and like like you said, it was like a B movie. It was. It was straight hardcore B. I don't movie. know if I would go with Toxic Avengers. Toxic Avengers was like super campy. Yo, that one was too. It was super campy. It was. You think so? Yeah. If you go back and look at it, yeah, they were. Mm-hmm. It, it was a little bit. More, I felt like they were more. I feel like that tried to, but they tried to take themselves a little more seriously than yeah they took a look, they avenger. took themselves a little bit more serious but i feel, still felt that i've still had that essence of toxic avenger every time i really? felt it yeah. i mean it was but, very it's very a, it's very visceral like the very greasy like everything felt like like the monsters the way they came out especially the way he turned into the robot yeah the machine uh, the the giver even that felt like i don't know i felt like there was like you could just like liquid or something i don't know so but, I in that case like very slimy, liquidy, kind of visceral yeah. kind of thing <laughs> where I can see the comparison to Toxic Avenger. Avenger. Yeah, true. But here's a real question. What's up? Does this deserve a reboot? I don't I definitely don't Okay. Cause the last movie that came out was in two thousand seventeen and like you referenced was that it was it, it took a different tone than all the other it tried to be more serious but then it kept campy moments which I think did not work as far as balancing yeah. itself out. It just ended up kinda of canceling each other. Kinda of, the campy moments canceled the serious tones and the serious tones didn't I don't know, just something about it this didn't work well. Like But it's four what is it, four years already? Four years? Is four years enough for a reboot? No. I, but I mean the problem is is that as long as the as long as they market is is profitable, yeah. As long as they know they could come out with something and put that name on it, and they make money, that's all they care. But, they, but they here's the funny it. thing: is that movie was as as popular as it was when it just came out. It was considered a failure because it didn't meet the expected what they thought what they would do because they were. I guess they were assuming how the movie ended that they were going to ex- extend it to a no, series. No, that's a, that's another thing that always kills me on movies, the, and we talked about this. Stop trying to set up for a sequel and make sh- just focus on making a good movie. Like when they try to focus on that, it's, it always I, irritates me. Okay, I have, I I agree and I disagree with it mm-hmm. on that. I agree that you should, if you're gonna do one movie, make it very well. Mm-hmm. But the thing with that is that if you have intentions of making one movie great that expands to three movies, that's good. But my, I see a lot of movies that do one movie really well, mm-hmm. and they, they come out with a sequel soon after, and the second one is usually really bad, yeah. that there was no need for a second one. So I think it depends how the writer and the director see it. As like, I could see this movie, extending this movie for three movies, three different installments, then fine. That's okay if you're leading into it for the next one. But okay, this is all that I got to say. If you if you're gonna make three movies, make three movies. Don't make one movie, throw a lead in, have no actual plan for the second one because you're basically gonna change the movie based on your marketing. Because yeah. that's the problem I hate. I hate when they True. do that because you're not really making. Because I think good sequel movies like that, like good trilogies like that, are ones that are pre-made. Like you already had the thought process. This is the story that's gonna happen in the next couple of movies. I'm only gonna leave enough to lead in to the next one because we already have that one ready to yeah. go. But when they just kind of throw a little uh, little Easter egg at the end of a movie to be like, hey, maybe. Hey, this could happen. Maybe. But then, yeah. like, well, you know, Marky doesn't like this person. And maybe the marketing likes this better. And maybe the marketing likes that story better. So then you completely just retconned everything you set up in the first movie to make the second movie that you led into, which fans are hoping for that you never gave them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. hate that. So but, it's, that's what I'm saying. If you're gonna make the three movies, make three movies. But not talking about that, you know what else they're remaking, rebooting mm-hmm. with J.J. Abrams? Now mm-hmm. that I think about it, it was Superman, and I think that's way too. Soon. I don't know how soon they're they're planning it, but they they conf- kind of confirmed it that they're coming out with the new Superman. I don't know if they're gonna keep Henry Cavill with it. No, I, I thought he retired, and I think the whole the whole kerfuffle right now is that uh, they're planning to for it to be. Um, he's probably at like a a standalone. Uh, no, no, he's, no, he's going to be black. He's going to be African-American. Oh, okay. Yes. That's, but I, 
and I don't I don't know if the comic book did that or yeah. there was there was an African did that or like I'm just trying to send the I don't follow all right so here's the I I follow basic mm-hmm. story, uh superhero storylines yeah. Um, I don't haven't gone to the lore of all all the people that took the mantle of Superman. Yeah, but I do remember that there was an African American that did take the mantle of what what but see, took the mantle or is because that's one I don't say took Superman, the mantle or Superman took, is not a like a transfer of power like the Green Lantern. Like, it's not it's not a it's not a mantle like in a sense because Superman like I, I I've heard jokes I've heard comedians I've heard discussions Superman is the only person that actually is himself when he's a superhero and fakes being you know his alter ego kill bill yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i'm saying he's not that's not really a mantle to take over like that so i guess i mean i guess he could take the title but at the same time i don't know it's just so that's what i'm saying so it won't be because that's why I, I didn't understand when they said that i'm like i really was confused on that just because, so it's gonna. So basically, I did you. So if you're aware of it, is so, it that right, he so is he is he, he is from Kryptonite? Yeah, he's from. But Krypton. he is not. He is not himself, Clark Kent. No, his name is Calvin Ellis. Oh, okay. So, I wasn't sure. So yes, yeah, so it's it, it's it's a a black a Superman mm-hmm. outside of the primary DC continuity. So is it gonna be like the like he's one, from like another universe? Well, we talked about that. Remember that? Um, I told you about the the. The DC Extended Universe uh, movies, mm-hmm. where there was an alternate universe where um, uh, Kal-El's pod did not land in the farm. It landed somewhere in Mexico. Yeah. And um, the Justice League, or their version of Justice League, was more... It was Superman, but a dark, dark Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Because he wore a trench coat rather than, yeah. you know, cape. And what was it? The, instead of Batman, do you remember one of Batman's foes was the guy who turned himself into a bat? Yes. That character, but instead of a bat, he's more like a vampire. Oh, okay, yes. So, yes, yes. and then the um, instead of Wonder Woman, uh-huh. I think it was Hel- I want to say it was Helena. It was basically another per- person from 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 Askira. Yeah. So, but they were very dark. Like they were they were not afraid to kill anybody. Um, but they were superheroes in a sense, but they were just dark superheroes. So that's an alternative universe that I, that was. I actually the, in that one, I think uh, Lex Luthor was was like the hero. Okay. But the only problem is, is that Lex Luthor wore this. I think the suit that with the uh, kryptonite. Yeah. Um, basically just messed up his body, where he basically was like, um, completely like demobilized. So he's like in you know floating uh, wheelchair that basically he can't move anything but his face. Um, but he was the smartest person in the world, and his technology would let him do all this crazy stuff. I need to look into that. I need to watch that then. Dude, for real. Watch. Please, everybody. Anybody <laughs> who's listening right now, watch every single DC animated movie. universe movie. They are all amazing. Almost every one of them is just amazing. Yes. So, yeah, that was yeah. one of them. But, yeah, in that one, he was, like I said, technically Superman uh, was, was born and raised in Mexico. Yeah. And for some reason, they had him with a darker complexion. Okay. So, yeah. So, so the... Black Superman is Calvin Ellis. Mm-hmm. So his same thing. It's the same kind of story of Clark Kent, but just mm-hmm. a black man. So no, that's, that's fine. which is it, fine with when it. I saw that when I saw that they were going to redo Superman, I was like, OK. And then when I saw that that it was a, it was a black gentleman, I was like, OK, wait a minute. I don't understand. I wasn't understanding what the concept was. Um, and then so you explained to me. I wasn't really sure. Yeah. Yeah. But moving from one DC character to the other, mm-hmm. now we have Wonder Woman. So they've confirmed, uh, they're in, they haven't started production or have a production date, mm-hmm. but they have said or is in talks to or pretty much going to move forward with a Wonder Woman spinoff, which is going to be everything within her city of in Amazon. Famiscura. Famiscura. Mm-hmm. And is going to be a pre- like a like a sequel and a prequel. Okay. So anything that happened between Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. but then everything that happened, I guess, between Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman 1984. So through that gap is going to be the the sequel part of the show. So I don't know if it's going to be two shows coinciding with each other or one that's going to go back and forth in time jumps. I just hope it's going to be... It's going to feel more like... Cause 
I remember when I was growing up, I used to watch uh, Xena, Warrior Princess. Yes. I loved those series. And I always loved the way that it was because it was about her, her strength, her ability, stuff like that. Like, her fighting, you know, that was a true, Am- like, Amazon, you know, type Superhero. storyline. Yeah. yeah. So, and I love that. And I hope that these movies are like that. Actually, the times they actually show Femiscure, that's how it feels, which is great. But then sometimes I think when you think about the Wonder Woman storyline, it just becomes super... Um, like a like love interest story where I'm like wait yeah it, no. it throws it off for me it does like I, I like I, I don't like and in most superhero movies I don't see like that love interest so played up yeah. as much as Wonder Woman and I you know what I thought about this when I heard it I was like oh it reminded me of another discussion we had a couple episodes ago with uh, uh Wakanda having their own TV show with Ryan Coogler and involved in it which mm-hmm. is gonna expand the realm of that. Uh, city mm-hmm. and the inner workings and the politics and and I feel like that's gonna and I, hopefully it, it leads into that because mm-hmm. they'll, they'll probably do um with with um I, I keep forgetting the name I'm sorry Femiscura Femiscura um that they even said that they might have Gal Gadot come in mm-hmm. and do like some small parts of her either her training her mm-hmm. before she leaves to. Yeah. as Wonder Woman and they're going to show like probably like her leading or maybe like younger versions of her leading mm-hmm. to where she was at and then maybe the post of after she left and how they have to recover and and uh, anything that goes after that so it's going to be interesting I, I do well, want to do a lot because I mean they're their own literally their own location they could do they could do war they can do like war against other nations like yeah other- that would be places like that. I mean, they could do. They could. They could. They can really get involved in the storyline now. I'm wondering if the prequel is more the conception of Gagadot, because isn't her father Hades? Yes, I want to say yes. Yeah, so that'd be interesting if they introduce Hades as a character in that storyline. Yeah, but I don't know how far back they're gonna go for the prequel because almost like who else had another show similar? Superman. Uh, they had a uh, Krypton. Which that was, was good though, right? That was a good. Show. I, I, I think they had like two seasons, three seasons, mm-hmm. I think. But that was like a prequel to what Superman is, but just yeah. all the politics of everything that was going on in Krypton. No, and I liked it. I what I don't. I love that aspect of what, what I don't care for is the same thing that happened with um, Gotham, and I like Gotham, and I still do, you know. But I don't like when they start. If you're gonna do the prequel of the of those people's lives and that city and everything, great. Just focus on new people. Don't focus on trying to incorporate characters that these people are going to fight later. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in the one they're talking about, the Krypton one, though, yeah. they tried to bring Lobo into it. And yeah. Lobo is one, like a character that Superman fights when he's a uh, man. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, man, I hope it wasn't heavy on just introducing characters you already know from the Superman comics. Like, what yeah. hundred almost like 30 40 years before he's ever like you know he fully establishes himself exactly. as a villain so and that's what and that's what one thing that gotham failed at is that like you said they never introduced they never introduced they did sometimes and I, those were my favorite times like fish fish moon was his own character i love fish moon no no that's what i'm saying it's i i would have loved i would have enjoyed yeah if if they created characters that inspired the true villains that come up in the future mm. that are Batman's arch nemesis, that would have been interesting because then that just gives you a psyche of who they were and who mm. they were inspirations from. Not just give me exactly Joker, not ex- give me exactly Riddler well, I will tell you or what, the though. Penguin. I will tell you what, though. Like when they first introduced, uh, I forgot his actual name, but the guy who, who was referenced as Joker. Yeah. I, I, don't even think they knew how successful that was going to be. I feel like I feel like they they kind of played after that. Yeah. Because he never said anything to indicate that he was a Joker. Yeah. The only re- the first episode when you you meet him, the only thing that really got you like, "Oh my, is that the Joker?" Yeah. was his smile. Oh yeah. He didn't say he was a Joker. He didn't really reference that he was into clowns. I mean, he was from I believe he was from a carnival or whatever, but yeah. he didn't really reference anything like that to say, "Oh my, I'm the Joker." All that really happened was just this weird, creepy and smile. automatic association. Like that's a joke. Exactly. That's that's, that's a great origin. That's a great origin story. You're just like, wait a minute. Like that's it. Yeah. Something so simple just instantly tells you because the, the character who they are is like, oh my god, that's a person. 
Yeah. Like, you don't have to have an arrow pointing to him. You already know who it's him. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the easiest indication of introduction to Exactly. A, a but after that, they, they felt like they went heavy-handed with... Yeah, with this, him. You know, it's a joker, it's a joker, it's a joker. Yeah, so... But let's see what they do with this um, prequel and sequel. To I honestly think it's probably going to be more successful because it doesn't have... I feel like when you introduce characters that people are not... Uh, like invested in already from comics, like you already know Wonder Woman, so you already yeah. have an ant- anticipation of Wonder Woman should be. So it's almost you, like the Mandalorian effect. Like it wasn't a distinct character; it's just the lore of what their world is in, and they it's built, a difficult d- thing to reach build to within you, people it. have anticipation of what people like, act, like who characters should be, and unless you take a sickening methodical approach to say like I'm gonna make this perfect. You might as well just make stories about new people, introduce them, and everybody kind of gets to know them. Uh, you or know, like, I, I, or like a f- fresh birth there. Get me? Yeah, hey, of course. Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, one of I guarantee you this new um, this new Suicide Squad movie yeah. is probably going to be like that because I really don't know any of them like that. I don't yeah. know them like like I knew um, Harley them. Quinn. Well, Harley Quinn's going to be in, but she's yeah. the one that that was most established. But like Deadshot and stuff like that, these are going to be new people, and you're going to get to know them like where everybody else is. That is true. So mm-hmm. let's see when it comes out. I didn't. They haven't confirmed the date, so I want to see what happens. Lastly, yeah, we're yeah. talking about uh, Nickelodeon. So Nickelodeon uh, opened up a dedicated studio for the Avatar series. So if you haven't seen it, it's Avatar: The Last Airbender and Korra, the Avatar show. See, but they open up an entire studio. That means that you're gonna dump. So much. So the first, the first release is going to be a feature, a theatrical featured film, which they haven't done yet. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just afraid they're going to go heavy handed on the people we know. Which the beauty of, I mean, I never got to Korra for some reason. I really didn't get into it, but I yeah. did like the fact that it wasn't like heavy handed on like, hey, I mean, as the first episode that I did watch, it wasn't heavy handed on like bringing back all these other characters we knew from the first one. This yeah. is a whole new world, a whole new situation. Boom, this is what it is. And I feel like if this movie is just going to start being heavy-handed with the characters we know to kind of play up I to think, that. I think they're going to be heavy-handed at, at, at the beginning. With, but they're going to have the original creators of the show running like the show. Either running, way. I mean, running, still, I just, I'm worried when you get that kind of freedom to do that. Engine. It's like, I don't know. I just afraid you're going to be so, like, think about it. Like, all the He's, X-Men reboots and all that stuff like yeah. that, it starts to kill the idea of even coming up with something else so but here's the thing it, it's mm-hmm. so much to expand on almost like how we were just talking about wonder woman because you could because from where if they expand if they're gonna they're gonna have to expand because you can mm-hmm. only tell the same story so many times within one character before you have to let that character grow and let the world grow mm-hmm. with it so almost the same thing as we're talking to wonder woman with this one i think they should do either a small series what happened to ang after mm-hmm. the end of the last airbender and to the beginning of Korra, a small arc or they could do it. They have a huge, huge backstory of everyone prior mm-hmm. to the avatar and having their own series of each one, each in- reincarnation of them and their story. You know what I should be? That would be amazing to watch. You know, it'd be an interesting series to watch when it comes to the avatars world is okay. So like stick with me here. All right, let's go. Um, so uh, you're not in, you're not into it, but I am. The Doctor Who series, right? Yeah. Is always he plays a storyline structure out based on I am this. This is my version of Doctor Who today. Like I, this is what I look like. This is the character. This is who I am. Yeah. And then you know, a couple of seasons later, you know he he uh, transforms. Trans. Well, no, well, kind of thing. Yeah. He basically gets basically reborn, and then he's a whole different character. So the series keeps on going. Yeah. What about if you do something similar where? It's an avatar. You see them when they first come out to be the avatar. They they have a mentor or train, and maybe the mentor died before they was able to, like the original avatar before them died or something like that. Or they actually were alive to be able to train them to, to be the new avatar. Yeah. And then that you see the, the progression of that person's life for one season or maybe one or two seasons. And then later on, they meet somebody else. To the, the, next the next avatar. one. So you start so with the first just, avatar and then... 
every few seasons. Yeah, trans- it has trans- different trans- transitions. Transfer power. Yeah, different things where maybe one avatar becomes evil and then the next one finds out who, who he is and they try to train him. You know, stuff like that. Like every couple of seasons, you just have a character you build up to either be. All right, Nickelodeon, hire us. We'll write it out for you. <laughs> it'll, hey, it'll go for 50 years. Yeah. Like Doctor Who. Easy. <laughs> Easy 50 years. We got you. Seriously. So- Wow, we'll go. send you our resume. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, like literally, you explained it how I would have thought it out. Just I would have I wouldn't have connected it, mm-hmm. but that's the best way to do it. Just connect it one to the other, and then fifty years later, it falls on Aang, and and then you start, and then yeah, like you see this one character fall and freeze, yeah, and then a hundred years later, a <laughs> hundred years later, you see the huge gap. Oh man, that's gonna be great! But let's see what happens and what what they come up with the first movie because I think mm-hmm. the first movie is gonna in- be the best indication of either how they're gonna lead the story mm-hmm. or how what they're trying to do with it. Because if if they do a feature but it's not core or Aang, yeah, it's a whole new story. So then we're like, oh, they're gonna start world building. The they're gonna building. have the world, but they can't because if you really think about it, those stories are super simple and they've already been told twice yeah the story of uh of an avatar becoming an avatar um but if you start just going into the world and their politics and stuff like that like it'd be interesting almost like uh well i say kingdom because that's one of my sh- one of my favorite shows when it comes to that kind of uh, um monarchy and the, the 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 politics of it yeah but game of thrones is another one of yeah. that like world building characters lore stories everybody's all these individual stories so you have a lot of people you can jump onto but if you just jump onto one character which is avatar it's gonna have limited stories yeah all right but like that guys we're gonna take a quick break and come back with nikki's corner review hey everyone welcome back to Nikki's Corner Review. Alright, so we do have a double feature today for you guys. Yes, we do. Yes. So the first one we'll kick off is one that was recommended by one of our uh, Instagram friends, followers. He is for Able. Uh, we we recently did a we usually do a Mondays, a Monday movie review about any movies that we think we suggest you should watch. Usually older movies. And one that came into that came into conversation was Crossroads, Crossroads with Ruger Hayward, Howard, mm-hmm. Howard, Ruger Howard, Ruger Howard. I believe that's his name. I uh, will call Ruger Howard. And A for Abel recommended Blind Fury. So just a little bit of synopsis about this, uh, and I'll read it off the Google uh, search because sometimes they have very accurate and or very out of whack descriptions out of whack okay yes because there was one that we read that mm. didn't make no sense so mm. here it goes go for it he may be blind but nick parker has a way with a sword does Wait, he know vet yeah the synopsis of the movie this sounds like a selling point for go ahead, yeah, sorry, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the vietnam vet pays a visit to an old war buddy frank DeVoe, only to discover that his friend is in deep trouble gangsters have killed his wife and is are holding him in hostage in Reno, Nevada, making a narrow escape with Frank's young son. <clears throat> excuse me. Nick heads across the country to even to even the score. Needless to say, his opponents under underestimate him and his sword skills. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> All right, so let's get this started. <laughs> so okay, well, do you wanna do you wanna like go through the movie or do you can I tell you what my what my actual theory is? Go for it. You want to go for the theory? No, first? let's go for everything. What I'm saying, you want to start with my theory? Or you want to wait till the end of this is my theory? No, no, no. Let's start with your theory and then work backwards. This is an origin story of sticks from Daredevil comics. Okay, I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that leading into that. Yeah, I was but, like, this is such a similar character. And I'm like, wait a minute, what other character? I mean, he's not Daredevil. Obviously, he doesn't have like abilities like that, but He's very apt, even while being blind. The only character I could think of was Stick. It was Sticks. Or sticks or Stick. I'm not, I'm not sure. But yeah, it, I'm like, this is the origin of Stick. Yeah. 
So yeah, now let's let's go into let's let's dive into this movie. Wow. Okay. This movie had so many cringy moments that I can. Yeah. It, this has so many cringy. moments where I'm just like, what just happened? Yeah. To like I'm. Just <laughs> so go for your first, and I'll go for mine. All right. The, all right. So the first one. So let's start off. It's um, Nick's character. Mm-hmm. It was. Here's my thing, because. You know how like you, the um the master plays the fool until he has to be the master again. Like okay, like somebody would just be, uh, play the lamb before they have to be the lion. Mm-hmm. They they just be very, uh, nonchalant or very uh goofy or, just not all there. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah, but I know. What yeah, yeah, but the thing is, I think that was just him being him, not him playing a part that he. He, He's pretending to be he a pre- fool. Pre- pretending to be a fool. I think he was a fool. Why did he say that? I think he. I felt like he actually was playing it up. Like obviously he was hurting everybody. No, he was, but I felt like it was like he had split personality. Like his his uh his uh intuition kicked in really when he needed it to, and oh. didn't mm-hmm. just whenever it, it was convenient for him. Okay, so I have a question. Why, especially in these time in these movies. Why are anybody who is supposed to be the bad guy or you just anything who's supposed to be not a good guy so cartoonishly villainous? Like, like it's so bizarre. Like, they're always, like, super jerky. Like, the, it was just, like, people that weren't even really part of the actual story that were just messing with him because he was blind were, like, just pure evil. And they're basically, like, like cartoon characters, like, cartoon, cartoon henchmen. Yeah. But a little rapey. Because like yeah. yeah, I was like, why is every villain back in there such a such a just not just a scumbag, and also always like trying to abuse the women? Like it was everybody. This like it's just, every it's, single it's person just was to just show how bad they are. They, I know, but it's just like they have super no cartoony, regard like, for anybody's feeling in anybody's uh, personal space. They invaded anything that they wanted. If they <laughs> if you had a cookie. But, okay, I can understand game. the main villain, but this is like literally no, anybody everybody. who is on the bad part. Yeah, that's what it is. Everybody who would be in the villainous area, designated, whatever. It's because they don't want to show. You know what it is? It's because they don't want to give them any type of humanity to be like, uh, he maybe he was just having a bad day. Like, no, 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 he's just a, a dirtbag oh, through gosh. and through. And that's what they did. They didn't give any. When they were villains, they were true villains that they have no layers to them and no, no uh, backstory or theory of what came to them like they had no remorse just so cartoonishly like what is this like i swear i was i thought they were like a like live action version of uh of like ninja turtle characters ninja turtle villains (laughs) for shoulders like that (laughs) like wow okay so my first like weird moment because you i know what you're mentioning as far as that part there was a part so yeah like you said there was a part where he's going around he's just slicing people up because they didn't see it coming there was this part in like he just this waving his sword around, and he basically takes out a bookshelf, and the guy who he had pinned in a corner, who you think he was gonna be cut, grabs his chest and falls down, and you're just like, wait, did he just cut him? <laughs> like you didn't see at any point did his sword even remotely get near him, yeah. and all of a sudden like he just grabs his like heart and then falls, which you can say he had a heart attack, but it didn't look like he had a heart attack. It looked like he stabbed him. But I'm like, wait, did he touch him? And he yeah. just fell over. No, no. The action sequence here mm. was top notch, I have to say. Which action sequence? <laughs> every, every action scene was top notch. <laughs> it was it was Oscar worthy. Oscar worthy. Yes. From mm-hmm. from the from from opposedly that him being having these height heightened senses would be able to trip, flip over on a puddle, which was great to see. But I love the fact that when and these time when movies like this were out, they you knew when they had a different stuntman. You you knew because when he was walking, he had like blonde hair. But when he fell, he was like six foot tall, like six three, black mm-hmm. hair. Like I think he had like a different shirt on. It was obvious. Oh my! Oh, speaking of that, okay. So the guy who trained him, first off, I laugh because there's parts where. He is like trying to tell him things. Like obviously, they didn't look. They spoke the same language at first, right? Yeah. So there's a part where he's like trying to tell him to use his ears. So he's behind him, 
pointing at his ears. Yeah. And I'm like, he's blind. <laughs> like, like, obviously, there's a language bar, but he's blind. What do you, like, I just didn't get that part. And he's, like, pointing at his ears, and the guy actually, like, they start listening around. And I'm just like, what? And also, he is, like, a giant compared to, like, the guy who, that was the weirdest, like, every movie that you see where there's a mentor who trains you and all like that, that was the most bizarre. Like, I felt like that guy had nothing to do with the movie. They just found him in the, like, when they were out in that area. And he was doing cool stuff with a sword. Like, hey, listen, we're going to shoot a couple scenes with you. <laughs> Let's get you on this. Yeah, like, I don't think he knew what was going on because that it there was no real, like, mentor-style moment with it. It didn't feel like it. Yeah. It just felt like this guy. Like, it felt like the guy who was actually training him how to use a sword in real life. Yeah. And they just filmed it over it. Like, they didn't really <laughs> try to, ha- to create a, a mentor, like, training moment. Really. Yeah. Just, hey, that's that's the that's the specialist on step. Let's just have him do some stuff, and that's it. Like, we're not even going to pay an actual actor yeah. for this. And then there's a part where he's he's standing behind them showing how to, how to wave the sword. He was literally, like, his head was up to the guy. It was up to the main character's chest. Yeah. It's almost like they're having he a ghost was, moment he, I think with the kid, sword. That's what they were having. The they were kid, having a ghost moment with I the sword. I think the kid was just as tall as the teacher. No. No, but, <laughs> all right. He's a, Getting into that kid... Th- that relationship was very cringy. Oh like, yeah, he he got way too close to his face to yeah, talk was to weird. him. It was I was so like, bizarre. I was like, what the fuck? They were just got kind of rubbing faces. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, they were like that. So I'm like, seriously? Like, I can't have, I can't live without you. Like, I'm like, bro, you, you know, it's only been a couple of days. Like, like, it's like 16 hours. Relax. We just met. And also, I didn't understand the part where he did that. So like, he left. Like, he couldn't. Like I'm, I was trying to understand why he couldn't continue going. Like they were going to Disney or something. I don't know where they were going. They went to like a to, to uh, San Francisco Bridge. Yeah, that they were going somewhere like down the street, and that just seemed like too much responsibility for this guy. He had a dip, and I'm just like, like, what just happened? Yeah. What What was it that made like they, at no part of the movie did they make him seem like somebody who was like run from responsibility? And all of a sudden, he was leaving because he was going to hang out with his boy and his kid. It was going to become sticks. That's what it is. I'm just laughing. I'm like. <laughs> I can't take this any left. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you have no responsibility now. You could just enjoy your life. Like, no, I need a, I need to stab some more people with my sword. <laughs> if I'm not going around stabbing random people and like helping, yeah. you know, random little kids, it's not my life. Yeah, and there, you know, was another scene that that was uh-huh. that that took me off. Like, mm-hmm. so there was a there. All right, so let me set the scene up to you. No, set me up. So. Um, the the Nick and the kid get kidnapped by these yeah. two thugs and yeah. the, and the girl, which was uh, Frank's girlfriend or something at the point. I didn't know what she was. To so him. they threw his sword out or his king with the, the sword. Counting? In, yeah, the counting. So he's like count count start counting mm-hmm. till they got to the yeah. to the till they got control of the car. Uh-huh. So he's like turn back around. He's like start counting down. But this girl is driving like a bat out of hell. Yeah, she's driving like double the speed, Yo, like triple the speed. Yeah, so triple the speed. He goes count. I was like, now stop. It's right here. I'm like, how do you know? Like you sense it? You gotta be off by like a, at least a, a mile. mile a, at least a mile easily. <laughs> and the kid finds it so conveniently. Oh man, I because <laughs> also what was that? I wrote down. I was like, was this kryptonite a dance floor? Yeah, it was. Like, that was it, right? Like, all of a sudden, he's in the dance floor, echoes everywhere. Oh, I can't do this. Like, his kryptonite was a dance floor. Yeah. All the sound was was, was, was bothering him. Like, I was <laughs> kryptonite was, his kryptonite was sound. That's what it was. <laughs> also, for, like, a movie where this guy was, like, risking everything, he had, like, 30 henchmen to make sure that he gets this one guy's kid to make this drug. So, everything had to do with this drug that he had to make, right? Yeah. It, like, I swear it fit in my pocket. It did. It wasn't, like, kilos and kilos of drugs. It was just, like, just this, this basically pow- blue powder that you can keep. It's like a, a protein shake. In cup. a pencil pouch. <laughs> you know? And in my head, I'm like, what is that? Like, they didn't even see what it can do, what it was called. Like, you made this special drug, and it's blue, and that's enough to, like, get me out of all this debt, it's even though like, I own a casino. So they, they made He made him pro, uh, pre-workout. I'm just like, <laughs> what was it? like? Why couldn't he even just like make regular drugs? Like, why did it have to go all, all sci-fi with this blue, yeah, like blue weird drug? But I didn't know he was a scientist. I thought he just experimented with bombs. So he because that's what they mostly pushed him on. 
Yeah, that he liked to make little bombs. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I knew about him. No, like, but he that that you don't understand the world. In the world of action heroes, if you make like making bombs, you are automatically a scientist. Your your world. That is chemist. your profession. That is that is literally the same resume. Uh, uh, making uh, bombs. Become a make drugs. A make chemist, blue drugs. Blue chemists. <laughs> the blue powder. <laughs> so. Wow. Definitely same ballpark. Um, right, so let's get into the next. Oh wait, wait, wait! wait. One last oh, thing. I, this, right, one, on, I just have to. So there's a part where there's a fight scene, whatever, and all this stuff, and that was cool. And I'm like, okay, so this, this is a fairly like full gym, you know? It has has a sauna, has weight sets, yeah. you know? Has a has a trampoline. I didn't even question the trampoline. I was like, yo, it has a trampoline, cool. The gym has a trampoline. Why does it have a trapeze swing bar? Oh yeah, on top of the jacuzzi. It just had a tr- like a carnival or circus level trapeze swing bar right in the middle of this place. I'm like, what kind of gym is that? Hey. And then they're in the middle of a mountain, which I don't understand why they how they why they would they make the deal like in the middle of the Alps, whatever. I don't know what that was. But anyways, the fact that he basically ba- barely cut him in front of like, he sliced his stomach open. The next scene, <laughs> he just saw he split it, split him in two. I was like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, this is this is too much." Oh, that was the other scene when the kid goes catch the sword. He tosses it and he right like, into the water. Like, no, he completely misses it. But uh, for somebody that has senses and could sense everything that's thrown at him and could dodge everything, he can't catch his own damn sword. Also, what was the point of the kid throwing the sword when he basically just picked up another sword? Like, it just happened to be another one right there. Yeah, I'm like, okay. <laughs> so conveniently so just yeah kid you just wasted your energy on that yeah um so i don't know it was it was a fun movie it was just like but i literally had to start taking notes i was like wow what is this like this one scene after another i'm just like wow i love these like weird because you know it's, it's character choices and moments like in those times you're like who decided this was a good idea the concept was good no, 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 not the concept. Just like little character things. Like I said, yeah. you know, like we're gonna do this like this, yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure that that all the villains are hillbillies. Like what? Yeah, like and then we're gonna have cops and this random guys is gonna walk around with the cop yeah, that's a cigar. The thing. Like the the guy he <laughs> killed cops and there was no warrant for his arrest. Oh no, yeah, there was nothing. It was, it was like, like it's like yeah, it's a blind guy. It's a it's cool. It's cool. It's a blind <laughs> it's guy. A blind guy. <laughs> it's a it's cool. He wouldn't be able to see it. It's cool, guys. Yeah. All right. Let's mm. get into these niggas now. You ready? How many? Just for niggas? pure entertainment. Not even like on the like uh the masterful level, but pure entertainment. I give it three niggas. Yeah, three niggas. You can find this movie on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. It's free right now, or you could own it for five ninety nine. I think. That's what exactly what you want to own. <laughs> you want to own it. <laughs> Blind Fury. All Nine, right. So. It came out in nineteen eighty four. 84? Wow. 84, 89. One of the two. Oh, wow. I'm it was just, around mid-80s. I was like nine years old. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's actually get into the movie uh, that we are discussing this week. So let me get this title right because I swear I chop it up every time I try to tell people about it. Yeah. Um. So hold on. Star and no, Bar. Barb and Star? That's what I want to make sure. Hold on. Barb. And star go to Vista del Mar. Yes, have I got that right? So, <laughs> so the premise is about these two uh, middle-aged women that, um, essentially, that's all it really is. These middle-aged women don't have anything going on in their lives, so they decide to go, based on the advice of one of their friends, to visit Vista del Mar in Florida. This is the most Florida movie I've ever seen in my life. Like the colors were so Florida. Yeah, very Florida. Very teal. Very like greenish, like all, all the colors like were super. I'm like, wow. Very beachy. Very color. beach Florida colors and everything. I'm like, yeah. um, I had to give that to them. I was like, it, it gave me that super Florida feel. This movie is like, I want to say like if Zoolander and the Golden Girls made a movie together. But not, a, not so good. For you, maybe. I honestly just couldn't stop laughing. But I think that's one of these movies. It's one of these movies where it's like, it's either going to hit you. It's almost like... um. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I don't think Napoleon Dynamite was like for everybody. I love that movie. I still don't understand why I laughed when I watched Napoleon Dynamite. I was like, I was watching the movie and I'm laughing. I was like, I don't know why I'm laughing, but I'm laughing. Like, yeah, that's kind of how I felt with this one. I was just like, there were just random scenes and random little things that would happen. 
I think, and, I and think I'm just I, like, but here's why the, am I laughing? But it's funny. But the thing with Napoleon Dynamite, I think mm-hmm. the humor came from the dryness of the jokes. Mm-hmm. That's that's where the humor like landed so well. Mm-hmm. But with this one, I I for me it was the randomness of the it. randomness, and it was very over the top in in the realm of the aspect of that we're going with. But I was like, I think they were like trying too hard to be mm-hmm. random. I don't know. Like, for like I said, for me, I, that's what that's what caught me. Was just that, and that's what fell for me. I'm like, I was watching it, and there was, and you know what it is. You know how like you recognize it's a it's a funny moment, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get you. Like, okay, I see it, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, let's what's next? That's what it had me with. It was, I I I, I didn't mind the randomness. I think it was maybe a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. I do love what mm-hmm. I did love was the banter between Barb and Star. I love. The best friend banter, like they've always been friends for years, and they always come up with old stories. Okay, and so jokes. that's another thing. Too. I love that. The whole part. the whole premise, like they're friends for years. They live together. They spend every waking moment together, and I love it because every conversation you you hear them talk about, they're almost like, "I didn't know this about you." Like, what? Like it never happened to like, you. Went to high school. Like you don't know high school. Like, yeah. Like, how did you not know this? Like, if you guys are like best friends for all this. So it for me, like I think the thing that always got me was just at these weird little moments too, where okay, so not to kill it, but I, I don't think it's gonna kill it for anybody. So there's a weird scene where uh, one of the characters is like, "Oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm so confused." So she shakes her head, and you hear this like kind of jingle. Yeah, and then she looks around like because <laughs> she thought that the jingle came from her shaking her head, confused, and it goes, "Oh no, it's my cell phone." Like yeah. I die laughing. I don't know why, but I die laughing on that part. Because just the part where she's like confused, like, wait, was where that, did that noise come from? Is that from my head? Yeah, like, no, and then no. I know it's stupid. I know it's stupid. Everybody yeah. sounds stupid just me explaining it. But again, some parts like that catch me. Like, we always have things that some people catch, some people don't. Like, for example, I've been trying to get you to watch um, Tacoma, uh, Tacoma PD, and you said that FD. A, FD, sorry. He said it doesn't catch you, but for me, I, I, I watched the entire two seasons. I laughed every one of them, every moment of it. But again, it's the comedy I think sometimes it's comedy's not universal, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's very subjective. That's what it is. And comedy is very yeah, very subjective. It's not universal. It's some parts are gonna like especially with something like this, I think there's some comedies that are more can hit more people, but like ones like this I think are And I think niche. that's and, and that's what, yeah, what it is, is that Barb and Star fall into a Tacoma comedy. They have there was like the episode they're they're, they're in continuity of what they're at and and mm-hmm. and the, the lo- geographic location, mm-hmm. but the stories and the things they do are very random in between. Yeah, that made it funny. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know maybe that's not maybe my... maybe you expect it. Maybe it's not as random for you as it is for me. Yeah, and that's fine. Maybe like you've experienced enough of that to to say like well man it's not because again but I do feel like. If you find it funny or not, there for some reason was a heavy, like, I swear I felt like a super heavy Zoolander feel to this movie. And whether, again, I'm not saying that it's exactly as funny as Zoolander because, like, obviously it's not no. for, like, everybody. Yeah. However, there was a weird element that felt like, kind of felt like Zoolander 2. Okay. I could agree with that. Yes. I could agree with that. Still feels like Zoolander, but. A little I, bit off. Yeah. Like, I still loved it. Like I said, I still loved it, but I can see why people see it's off. I mean, not necessarily Zoolander, but this one. But yeah, yeah it's still all three had a very... There's some element of the way the comedy is delivered that was like Zoolander. But again, that kind of comedy can hit and miss very easily. Oh, yeah. that's And that's the thing with that. It's because... Mm-hmm. It's and that's and that's my thing with it. It's like I was trying... I was really trying to enjoy it. Yeah. Because I'm like, the characters are lovable. I, I love the characters mm-hmm. in, the sh- in the movie. I'm like, their banter was amazing. Their their um their coming of age or middle of age or them coming to who th- who they are internally yeah, yeah, yeah. out or blossoming out was great. Everything around it was just like oh, okay, whatever. Just like let's get on to the next thing. I want I want to see more involvement of how they're growing as as individuals uh-huh. and together more than the the comedic structure that was outside of it. Okay, no, I get you. I, I get it. I, I understand it. And, just, and I was really trying to like this movie. That's my. That's my. That's, I feel bad that, because that's I, annoying, I, most I think annoying I put that with pressure me. on you. Because no, but not even that. Because uh-huh. when I, when you told me about, it, I'm like, okay, I heard about it, and then I saw the trailer. I'm like, I want to watch it. I, I 
I'm like, this is a great, refreshing take from Kristen Wiig mm-hmm. after her playing Cheetah. I'm like, this is a <laughs> this is, this is type of realm uh-huh. of comedy that I would I like to see her in. Very, um, not too in your face, but very soft handed and and quick witted yeah. jokes and banter. And I love that about her in her movies. And I was like, I I'm gonna like. I was like coming in, like I'm gonna enjoy it. And within 20 minutes, within when uh, sorry, within like. Think the first five minutes when they're sitting on the couch, there's the opening scenes of them on the couch. I loved it. Yeah. I was like, "Ooh, this is about to start." And after that, I was like, "Let's get on to." The you didn't even scene. like uh, Talk Club. I like Talk Club. I like the. <laughs> I like that, but everything outside of that was like. I get you. I get. I get it. Mediocre. Um, what was I gonna say? I would say uh, the one thing I think could have helped a lot more in this movie, because mm-hmm. I've noticed Kristen Wiig really works well with certain people, is, uh, do you remember the guy from SNL that he still always do these comedies? Uh, Bill Hur? Yes. Is it Bill? What is his name again? Bill Bill, Bill, Bill Hartman or Hartman? Oh, no. Or Bill Bill Hur. He does that, that movie, that TV show. Um, Bill. What is it? Bill? Yeah. Him. I think him in this movie would have definitely, like, connected a lot more with the more more people if he was a prominent person that always like kind of interacted with um christian wick no i'm sorry bill hater bill hater yes thank you bill hater i definitely think they would have played off well enough each other i don't know what character he could have been in this movie but definitely could have played well yeah together i think in this one you know what i i i would have loved him to mm-hmm. be the villain if, if they would have recast i would love bill hater to isn't have been... christian wick the villain too I think so. I, I think, think so she. Would, I think so. But okay. I would have if we and and I love if that would have been a good offset with oh. Bill Hader as a villain. Same yeah. same story as of what the villain had and everything. Like the way the villain was cosmetically yeah, yeah. looking, everything down to teeth. Just put Bill Hader. Yeah. And I think that bounce off of him and Christian Wiig would have been amazing. Yeah, I think it would have been cool. Yeah, I, I, that's like, the little elements like that. I think what uh, would have definitely set it off more. But for the most part, I enjoyed it. Um, for me personally, I gave it three Nikki's, but I know you're probably gonna give it. I'm gonna guess yours is gonna be two, two and a half. Okay, all right. So you're being fair. <laughs> two. Yeah. I give it two and a half. Nikki's. Um, but please, if you if you can't make your own judgment on it, um, again, I just give you the fair warning. I don't think this is a comedy that'll play well for everybody. But if you see yourself giving the opportunity to watch it, please check it out. It's on Amazon Prime Early Cinema. Early Access. Early Access, yeah. Yes. So it's like twenty bucks. That's why, yeah, I had to pay. I that pay twenty bucks to watch it. But I always like to support, you know, Early Access because I love watching movies at home. Nick is trying to keep VOD forever. No more theaters, right, Nick? Man, I'm making my home theater. I don't- <laughs> I got free popcorn and drink and everything in the house. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the latest episodes of Nerds in the City. You could always check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nerds in the City. We usually post daily about movie reviews, new comics coming out, game history, random thoughts, random locations we try to check out. If we could go to those uh, opening spots, because I know it's very limited due to the pandemic, but you can always email us at Nerds in the City podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, reviews, concerns, questions, recommendations. As always, tell a nerd, send a nerd, bring a nerd. See you next week, everyone. Later. <laughs>